This is Including You, the new series from Lead at Any Level. Including You features stories from chief diversity officers and other executives who are creating inclusive cultures in their organizations. Our goal is to show what's working in companies just like yours, to give you the tools you need to keep pushing for progress in your own workplace. We want to create belonging and opportunity for everyone, including you. And now here's your host, Amy C. Wanninger. Welcome back to Including You. I'm your host, Amy Wanninger, the Inclusion Catalyst. My guest today is Marquise McGraw. He is the Vice President of Talent Acquisition at Easter Seals of Southern California. Easter Seals is leading the way to full equity, inclusion, and access through life-changing disability and community services. They work with partners to enhance quality of life and expand local access to healthcare, education, and employment opportunities. Easter Seals of Southern California employs about 2,500 people in Southern California, and it is my honor to welcome Marquise to the show. Hello, Marquise. Hi, Amy. Excited to be with you today. Thank you for being here. I am excited to talk to you because Easter Seals is a not-for-profit, not just doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work internally, but really with a diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility focus for the community outside of the company. And so I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about why this mission for Easter Seals and why is internal inclusion so important to that mission? Absolutely. When we were founded, we were really focused on like, how can we help individuals with disability be able to become functional members of society? So in doing so, we've done so much work over the hundreds of years, hundred years that we've been in um, business. And we currently have five different service lines that focus on it. So we have employment services, we have our autism uh, services as well. We have our child development services, we have adult day services, and we also have our living options. So each of these service lines focuses on it. But one of the things that we recognize as we were going in is that great, we offer this to other organizations, we offer this to individuals with disability, but how internally are we being a role model of that behavior? So as organizations are like, okay, great, your employment services is telling us we need to employ people with individuals with disabilities. We're like, yes, we do it, but are we doing it at the highest level that we can? How are we modeling behavior we're asking others to uh, take on and do? Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's going to provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer. You can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone's offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Living Corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today, today. 
So really for Easter seals, this is number one, a matter of integrity, but number two, I'm guessing you're doing a lot of testing and learning internally so that you can share those best practices out. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our goal is to be the best. We're, we want to be the people that others come to and say, how did you actually implement this? Mm. How did you put this into practice from the way we hire individuals, the, our application process, the employee experience, everything? So let me ask you, what are some of the things that you've done that you've changed with this focus that you feel really made a difference? Because this is a chance for mm-hmm. others to learn from one of the best in the industry. Absolutely. So the first thing we've done is really start to look at our overall process, created workflows of how do we create an accessible workplace? How do we become an accessible employer? And we also stop we're moving towards stopping to use the term accommodation. So it's a big word that's being used by everyone, but accommodation really is like, hey, um, we're going to zero in on you and make you special, um, but not necessarily um, as part of our process. So it it really creates less of an opportunity for individuals with disabilities to feel like they belong. So moving to the language of being an accessible employer and how do we create accessibility and not say, okay, how do we create reasonable accommodations for individuals with disability? One of the things that we recognize is that the word accessibility really creates more inclusion. It it makes you feel like you belong because you're not saying I'm going to separate this process just for you and great, and we're going to make you feel special. But we want to make you feel as part of the whole overall organization by making it accessible, not just to you, but to all. So I think the vocabulary is one piece that is, that is one, of, one of the more vital pieces um, in helping change mindsets. This is an interesting point. I don't know that I've ever had anybody explain it to me that way, because we do talk about accommodations a lot mm-hmm. in the human resources space broadly in the accessibility space, because it's law. We have to make things, we have to make accommodations for people, but you're right. As you're saying that that's, here's our process, our perfect process as it exists, but not for Joe, (laughs) we got to make accommodations for Joe. You're singling Joe out as opposed to saying, let's improve the whole thing, not just for Joe, but for everybody. Absolutely. And then we don't have to make the accommodations because the accommodations are built in the access is built in. So I think that's brilliant. That was worth the price of of admission alone for this podcast. So you had another point you were wanting to make, but I just, that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It really goes back to that, that accessibility language. I think we get stuck in, Hey, it's law. So we have to do it. Not in, Hey, we want to do it because, Hey, this is going to help us be better as an organization, as as a business, as a whole. And I think in having our own internal vocabulary shift, we can also help other organizations have that shift from, hey, this is the right legal thing to do into, hey, we need to. As a matter of fact, if we don't, we're missing one in four of the U.S. population because we're not an accessible employer, but we're just going to accommodate this person. And then if you're accommodating, they don't feel like they're part of the overall organization because they're, like you said, they're singled out. Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. 
Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl from Happy Mama. EstroControl contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including EstroControl. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. Yeah, and it's not just the right thing to do on moral grounds. It's the right Mm -hmm. thing to do for business, for the sustainability of your organization, for finding and retaining talent, for recognizing that as a population gets older and ages, more people in the population become disabled, according to the definition of disability, that your clients and customers will be better able to access your facilities and your business when you make them accessible. So you're really talking about broadening your market opportunity, broadening your talent pool, and really getting the right people in the door because the right people could include anyone. Definitely. One of the other things that we've done, and I I consider this very valuable, um, there is a course um, that Sharon puts out, Society of Human Resource Management, um, puts out called Employing Abilities. Um, And this course, um, Sharon is usually known for obviously specific HR courses, but this for me was truly a business course because this course really broke down like not just how to go through your hiring process and all the HR process and employee experience, but how employing individuals with disabilities impacts your business as a whole, from the customers to the way you market to the return on investment of hiring individuals with disabilities. But what I really loved about it is it provided practical resources. So it's great. I'm educated. I know the words. I know the lingo. But now what? It really provided like those practical resources and tools that you can use. And actually, we're leveraging that as we're building out our workflows and starting to ensure that our processes and auditing them to create that level of accessibility. I think it's interesting because I don't think people see process improvement as a diversity and inclusion initiative mm. on their on its face. Yeah. But this certainly is. And I'm wondering... As you've gone through this process, what results are you seeing internally from engaging in this work? Absolutely. It's, I would say the first and major part is just a change in mindset. So as we're going through the process, we're realizing how much of our current workflow isn't accessible, like how there are tools and there's individuals that we're just missing that we have blind spots too, as we're going through the workflows and, and we're realizing like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that we actually are excluding individuals because of this particular process or this little piece of our our workflow. And so really identifying and being able to look at things and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we need to fix that. So I would say internal enlightenment (laughs) and understanding like who that we're actually excluding people in our current process when obviously that's not our that's not our intent at all. And so as you work with them with people in the community, with your community partners, tell me a little bit about who your community partners are and how they engage with you and vice versa. I think that might be beneficial for people to understand. Absolutely. Many of our community partners 
are, so for instance, in our adult day services, they're individuals that are adults and they actually work with not a coach, but an individual that walks with them throughout the day to help them be familiar with like how to grocery shop, how to cook, how to do things like that. We also partner with individuals that actually have in our living options service line, we partner with individuals that aren't prepared to live on their own. So they live in like a home with other individuals with disabilities. And then we have individuals there that kind of walk them, walk with them and help them identify like how to live, how to work in their day-to-day life. And then in our employment services, we work with a lot of industry partners to help them understand the importance of one of employing individuals with disabilities, but also how to do it. And then coaching those individuals to help them prepare to get into the workforce. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, we started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website. ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap. It's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more, about Squarespace, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. What are some of the misconceptions that you find people have on the employment services side Mm. without getting any of your industry partners in trouble? I want to broad strokes, but what are some of the misconceptions you think that employers have about hiring people with disabilities broadly or specific to uh, certain subsets or certain types of disabilities? So I will speak more from experience myself. So coming from and in previous employers that actually worked with employment services like the one that we have here, many of the misconceptions are loyalty. So individuals with disability, there may not be that level of loyalty. Are they going to be able to do the job at the level that we need them to? And the other misconception is, okay, I need to make this role less complicated to once again accommodate this individual so I'm losing something from a productivity end. And I think those misconceptions are the ones that that companies come in with, but when they realize, no, we don't want you to reduce the level of productivity or reduce what you need in this role. You need specific things out of your employees. So how do you make sure that when you bring in people, individuals with disabilities, that you bring them in, you like recruit, you screen for the things that you need. If they don't have those certain requirements, then no, we're not asking you to hire them. But what we're saying is if they meet those requirements, what can you do to make your workplace more accessible for them? 
So whether that's having a sign language individual to do for company meetings, whether that's ensuring that you're using the the Microsoft tools that um, allow for accessibility, having individuals there that are describing what they look like to those that cannot, that don't have, that have vision issues. So really not you know, reducing what you need as an organization, because you need certain things to be productive, to make money. We don't want you to reduce that. We want you to actually stay at that requirement. But if they meet those requirements, how can you ensure that you're creating a workplace that's accessible and actually makes them belong? I think that's important. I think it's important too, to think about jobs differently in terms of how might a job match to someone Mm -hmm. with a particular focus or a particular set of a, a set of skills or set of abilities or set of constraints. Sometimes it's just thinking a little bit differently or really understanding kind of what makes people tick or what gets people excited, depending on their perspective and their unique skills and sets of needs. Absolutely. And I think one of the things as you think about accessibility and individuals with disability, it's one of those where everybody thinks of diversity, equity, inclusion from a demographic standpoint, from a gender, ethnicity, and things like that. I really feel like The accessibility component is that, I don't know, final frontier, but one of the final frontiers in really creating the overall diversity, equity, inclusion, and bringing that A, accessibility into that. Um, And so a lot of organizations don't know. They don't understand how to navigate that and know that, hey, you know what, you have positions in your organization right now that is prime for certain individuals with disabilities. Um, So how can, you know, how can you leverage that? Because at the end of the day, studies have shown that individuals with disabilities are more likely to stay with the organization because, look, we all need a source of living. Our employment, the things we do give us an, an additional sense of value. Hopefully that's not your only sense of value, but it's an additional sense of value. I can take care of myself because I have employment. Um, So being able to provide those individuals with disability, um, it really um, helps them, but it also helps your organization. Yeah, I think this is interesting, this notion of accessibility being the final frontier in DEI, A, B, however many (laughs) letters we want to put in the acronym, because in a a way it is, some people think of it late, but really it's foundational to the work at all. Not just because of the, you have to bake it into what you're doing, Mm -hmm. just like you do with inclusion and diversity and belonging, but also disability is intersectional. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It crosses all demographics, all spectrum, everything, um, every individual um, from age to where you live to um, ethnicity, there's someone with a disability that crosses all of those. So to be able to be mindful of it and understand that as you're creating an accessible um, workplace or an accessible process for people to enter your workplace, it is keeping that universal design in mind because then you're creating accessibility to all and not just one particular people group. And I think in D and I, what happens is the focus is, oh, we need to hire more of these individuals, or we need to do something to promote more of these individuals. But when you think of things from a universal design standpoint, you're really making it accessible to all. Absolutely. And not only does universal design make things better for people with disabilities, it makes things better for all of us. Absolutely. I think about how much I use closed captioning. For example, when I'm scrolling the web, because I do not want to be one of those people, one of those middle-aged people who's out in public listening to my phone on full volume, bugging all the people around me, (laughs) who you are, 
If you're doing that, <laughs> stop it. Use closed captioning. I almost abhor watching videos. I would much rather read. Closed captioning gives me the opportunity to be a reader instead of a watcher Absolutely. on these videos. Things like even in live presentations, closed captioning yeah. will help me retain information better because I'm reading it Absolutely. and hearing it. Curb cuts are a classic example. Then you know where to cross the street. And if you've got a roller bag, that's where you go. So there are all these things that happen because we need to do it for some folks, but then it ends up really benefiting everybody. Absolutely. In ways we don't always know are going to happen. Absolutely. I even think about, and I think it was mentioned even on one of your previous shows about the keyboard. And I was like, wow, like I didn't realize that the keyboard was created for individual disabilities. And now look how much we use it. We use it all the time, every day. Yes. It's just incredible to watch this evolution. And then we start taking these things for granted, not realizing that they sprung from maybe a very specific need or a very specific lobbying of by a group, but then it's something that we all have and are available is available to all of us. Marquise, I'm curious, as you're thinking about your own inclusion journey at Easter Seals, what's next for you? So I think really is about how do we measure success? We're putting these processes into place. What does success look like and being able to measure it? And then from there, as we measure it, really being able to not, not package it, but be able to say, hey, look, world, this is what we're doing. If we can do it, you all can do it as well. I get it, you know, who we are, but at the end of the day, it was a journey for us as well. And I think helping others understand that even the best of us that work in this particular field aren't like excellent at it, but it's a continuous journey. I think it's funny. I always reflect back to a, a song by Brian McKnight, starting back at one. When you get to a certain point, you have to go back and say, okay, are we still at the level we need to be and, and start to work towards that? So as I think about measuring, looking at our current workforce and saying, okay, how many people do our percentage of individuals self-identify right now as having a disability? Okay, how do we continue to improve that number and grow that number by creating an accessible process for people into our workforce, but also making it comfortable for people to self-disclose? Because people are afraid to self-disclose because of maybe what they've experienced at other employers or feeling ostracized, like we were talking about accommodation. So really making it more of, hey, no, this is something that we want to celebrate. We want to value you as an individual. And if you self-disclose, it helps us create even a more accessible workforce. And you also know that you're not alone in this. That is exactly true. And I tell people all the time in the work that I do, you may, when I'm speaking on the topic of LGBTQ identities, I say, you don't know who you work with yes, because people are not out if they don't feel safe to be out. And you also don't know who people are carrying with them to work in their hearts every day. And so you have to be careful what you say and how you think and how you stereotype people. And I believe the same thing is true for people with disabilities. Not everybody that has a disability is willing to disclose. Almost everyone is touched by, loves, knows, supports, cares for is connected to in a meaningful way someone with a disability because they're people with disabilities are such a large percentage of the population it would be almost impossible to live outside of any kind of bubble and not have people with disabilities in your friendship circle in your family in your community that you care about so we need to be very careful about the way we think about these things because we're really talking about our friends our family our neighbors And that makes a big difference in how we think about our workplaces. 
Absolutely. Um, it, it goes back to that ability to um, bring empathy to the workplace. If you think about and reflect on individuals that when others know with disabilities, one of the things that that even drew me to the organization is that growing up and knowing individuals, having people in my family with disabilities, and to know early in the days, there wasn't very many resources for them. Fortunately, I will say in California, they're really big about supporting and ensuring that there's things in place. It's not always like that across the nation. So how do we, even in parts of Southern California, be that example and say, look, you don't have to do it just because it's a law or or your state has resources. As organizations, you can do it um, because you have your own resources to be able to do it. That's exactly true. Oh, Marquise, thank you so much for sharing some time with us today, sharing your expertise with our audience. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow Lead at any level on LinkedIn and YouTube. Then join us for Including You video simulcast every Thursday at noon Eastern. Including You can also be enjoyed each week as part of the Living Corporate Audio Podcast Series, available on all major podcast platforms. Learn more at living-corporate.com. Including You is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a boutique training and consulting firm improving employee engagement and retention for companies that promote from within. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. Lead at Any Level and its logo are registered trademarks of Lead at Any Level LLC. The views and opinions of guests on our show do not necessarily reflect the positions of Lead at Any Level, Living Corporate, or the sponsors of Including You. That's it for this week's episode of Including You. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to join me next week when my guest will be Alyssa DeVere from ERG Leadership Alliance.